came here to say Who won it from the jump? Came here to we say. can't get exactly what you want Came here to say that you don't really want it with us yeah. We love you know We came here to say that you don't really want it with us yeah. Yeah. The sports show Yeah. yeah, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Year Sports Show, episode 113. I am your host, Big Baby, aka the soul of RB. And to my right, we have the founder, the owner of We Are Wrestling, the voice of a generation, Pete Rosado. How you doing, sir? I'm listen two weeks in a row. I'm home. This is a high score in recent months. Like this is very un unknown. It's been a long time where I have not been home for two straight Saturdays or two straight weekends. Definitely a high score. Yes, um, it is. It's about to change though, because like the next <laughs> on the road again. But... Uh, listen, I, I feel that my schedule about to change too. So we're about to see what's what's cracking. But um, oh, first of all. Um, shout out to Tay. She hosted last week. Very good job hosting. Great, great job hosting. Thank you, Queen. She is on assignment. So is BK Matt. They'll be back uh, next week. I believe Matt should be, will be on a little bit sh- um, later though. But um, speaking of last week, Dre, you yeah. missed. We got to get it from you now before we okay. even start. So last week we did our way too early NFL predictions. Yeah. Our start of the season NFL predictions. And the only person missing was good old Dre. All right. Well, we we can jump right in and I'll give my predictions. Now, you said for the AFC, right? Y'all broken down into two divisions, right? Yep, AFC, I need, your, I need your division winners. And mm-hmm. two wild cards. Sorry. Yep. Two wild cards and your one your one division winner for each division. <sighs> hmm. Now, just to let you know, in the AFC, Tay took the Bills, the Bengals, the Texans, the Broncos, the Ravens, and the Chiefs. Okay. I've yeah, I'm looking right, I'm I'm looking right at it right now. I'm seeing what everybody had. And I th- um, I need to break it down into divisions. So if I'm going to go with the divisions, right, uh, for the AFC East, obviously the Bills are going to win. The Bills are going to take that division. A clean sweep. All four of us got the Bills winning the AFC East this year. The AFC North, I think the Ravens are going to win, win the division. Um, bar, uh, we'll get to, to Mr. Jackson in a little bit. But uh, I don't think the Steelers have an – oh, I'm sorry. I'm lying. I think the Bengals will win the division. I'm tripping. Oh, okay. Sorry. The Bengals will win the division. Um, I do think the Ravens will, will make the wild card, though. So you have the Ravens coming in as the wild card team. Um, in the AFC South, I'm going to say the Jacksonville Jaguars. Wow. I'm going to say the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Titans are always shaky. And the Colts, you know, they are the Colts. They usually fumble. I mean, fumble they got Matty the Ice. They got Matty Ice. 
Yeah. All right. And I picked the Colts to win that division. Hmm? I picked the Colts to win that division. Yeah. I'm I'm just yeah, I'm definitely gonna say the Jag, the Jaguars. Uh the Titans still may win it though, just off the strength of having Derrick Henry. But uh, I think Matt's got the Titans. Uh Max Matt's got the Titans winning that division. I've got the Colts. And I believe Tay has the Texans winning that division. Oh, so we all have different people winning the division. Bet. Now the AFC West is hard. The AFC West is terrible, terribly hard right now. It's but the best, best division in football. The best division in football. <clears throat> but I'm going to say the Chiefs are going to no, 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 no. I think the oh fuck, this is bad. Uh, I think the Broncos will win the division. I believe you, the only person who did not pick the Broncos to make the playoffs in some capacity was Matt. Because mm. I've got the Broncos winning the division. You've got the Broncos winning the division. And I believe Tay has the Broncos winning the division as well. Mm-hmm. Now, um, it's two wild cards, right? Yes, two wild cards. You already so picked I, one in your Ravens. I picked the Ravens as a wild card, and I also think the Chiefs will, will be a wild card as well. Um, the charge, it's hard. This, that division is, is rough, but I, you can't bet against Patrick Mahomes at all. Um, I've, got a, I've got the Chargers as the wild card in that division with the Broncos winning. My two wild cards are the Chargers yeah. and the Ravens. They are right there the Chargers but the Chargers could be the team that also wins the division yeah I think I think with this with this this division I think legitimately even speaking about the Raiders which by the way Mm -hmm. Matt has the Raiders coming out of this division as well I believe is a Mm -hmm. wild card team um you know anybody could win this division I would not be surprised with the Mm -hmm. new 17 game schedule if three of these four teams have a winning record. You know, and this may legitimately come down to the beginning of the year, I mean, the end of the year, unless one of these teams has a massive collapse. This is true. Um, It it, it could definitely come down to whatever happened towards the end. And, um, yeah, that division is the best division in football right now. And it, it, it's hard to pro, to kind of like go against that. Like when you look at how stacked that division is, and the quarter, the elite quarterbacks in that division, it is just insane. And I know Derek Carr. A lot of people don't see as elite, and I'm I'm kind of shaky calling him elite as well. But he's put up numbers when he hasn't been hurt, and that's yeah. the problem. When he is. Not hurt, a man is, is is definitely a top, could be a top ten quarterback. When he uh, when he plays hurt or when he's hurt most of the season, everybody forgets about him. So, yeah, and, that, and that's the thing when you really look at it. When you look at that, um, like just even in week one, which we're, we're going to talk about a little bit later, more in depth. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got. <clears throat> Kansas City playing Arizona. You've got already a division matchup in the Raiders playing the Chargers. Right. And then Monday night, 
you've got Russell Wilson going back home to Seattle. So you could have, you know, legitimately Kansas City could lose to Arizona. You're going to have – Absolutely. You're going to have – one of these teams go 0 and 1 cuz of divisional matchup between Vegas and 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 the Chargers. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the, the the Denver game. So you could easily see you could see three teams at 1 and 0 and one team at 0 and 1. You could see two teams at 1 and 0 and two teams at 0 and 1. It's it's a um it's always a toss up um when you look at these strong, these high-powered divisions, and you would want every team in that division to make the playoffs. But that's not just how it. it that's too bad it's not set up that way. We've you seen run into one time. Other. We've yeah. seen one time, I believe, where three teams in a division have made the playoffs. I believe there is a third wild card this year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. There is a third wild card. So we're only picking two. We're going the old school route of four division winners and and two wild card teams. I know there is a third wild card team this year. So we could legitimately see three teams from this division make the playoffs. We could. You know, which then gets into a question of like, you know, why don't we just call it the AFC West? I mean, the Chargers, the Chargers, in my opinion, have the easier of the schedules. Um, mm-hmm. They start the season off rough playing two divisional games in the first two weeks. They play the Raiders in Kansas City week one, week two. And they go Thursday night after a Sunday. So that yeah, game, yeah, no, that's rough. super rough. But then they go and they play Jacksonville, Houston, Cleveland. Those are all winnable games. Then you have a third division game against Denver. A Monday night game against Denver. Then you play Seattle and you go into your bye week. Let's say they split the division games week one and two. They lose to Denver. You could easily have the Chargers one, two, three, four, five and two going into the bye week. Could, but now they have to sustain that coming out of the bye week. Right. And you have Atlanta and San Francisco. Then you have Kansas City, Arizona, Vegas. But then Miami, Tennessee, Indianapolis, the Rams in week 17, who could very well be resting players depending on where they are, mm-hmm. you know, in their season at that point. The problem, I think, and here's where it gets rough. The Chargers end the season playing the Denver Broncos. I believe all of these teams end on a division game because the, right. uh, the Raiders play the last game of the season against Kansas City. Yeah, and and when you're ending against teams in your division, that at that point in time, you're either one, you're playing to knock somebody out the playoffs, or two, you're playing to get into the playoffs. Right. You know, right. and and you know the, the Raiders. The Raiders have a, you know, have a tough schedule. Chargers, Cardinals, Titans, Denver, Kansas City, the first five weeks of the season. That is, that can either go two and three or three and two. <laughs> I, you could even see them going one and four. 
you can go 0 and 5. Right. <laughs> and they have an early bye week, a week six bye week. They get an easy game coming back yeah. against Houston. Mm-hmm. Then they got Saints, Jaguars, Colts. Right. Denver, Seattle, LA, LA, New England, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Kansas City. Right. Raiders have a very tough schedule this year, uh, in my opinion. Denver, I believe, has one of the easier. Well, Denver has a tough schedule, but, you know, Seattle, Houston, San Francisco. I could see them going 3-0 and first three weeks of the season. Then they've got the Raiders. Then you've got the Colts, Chargers, Jets, and Jaguars. I see three tough games in the first eight weeks. That's it. Yeah. Three tough games in the first eight weeks. Then you come back, Tennessee, Vegas again, Carolina, Baltimore. Now, Denver has a rough back end. The last five games of the season are going to be rough for Denver. Home against Kansas City, home against Mm -hmm. Arizona, Mm -hmm. at the Rams, at Kansas City, home against the Chargers. So the Denver Broncos' last five weeks is what's going to make or break them. Right. Uh, Kansas City, you know, also a little bit of a rough schedule. They've got to play Tampa Bay. They've Mm got to play... Cincinnati, they've got to play. They've got Arizona, the Chargers, the Colts, and the Bucks the first four weeks. Yeah. Then they go Vegas, Buffalo, San Francisco. Like, let's just say that the Indianapolis game and the San Francisco game are their two wins. They're two mm-hmm. and five. Right. They're possibly two and five going into the bye week. You come out of the bye week, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Chargers, Rams, Cincinnati, Denver, Houston, Seattle, Denver, Vegas. Yeah. You know, I really only see what three, maybe four winnable games in the back end of their schedule. Maybe Tennessee, Jacksonville, Houston, and Seattle. Everybody else is a slugfest. The two the two LA teams, Cincinnati, Denver twice, and then Vegas to end the season. Yeah, that's that's not gonna work. Yeah, it's but, it's gonna um, be rough for Kansas City. I mean that that division's gonna have it very rough. Most definitely. Now for my NFC picks, to win the NFC East, the Cowboys, because this is the Cowboys um, at this point. But <laughs> you and Dave um, got the Cowboys. Me and Matt's got the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles were, were, were going to be my um, my second team. My, I'm looking at the Eagles. I'm kind of like they could, they can sneak in and win the division for sure. But um, now the NFC North, I see the Vikings winning this division. I don't. Interesting. Um, I see the Vikings finding a way to win the division. Um, no disrespect to Aaron Rodgers, but the <laughs> limited amount of weapons that you have now, it, it, it becomes slim to none right now. 
Like, you lost your best receiver. The, right. Probably the best receiver in the league if we're not talking about Cooper Cup. So, um, now the NFC South. Um, Don't do it. I'm, I'm going to say the Saints. Three team, three of y'all, three, three of y'all have. Well, no, you and uh, Matt have the Saints. Mm-hmm. Kay's got the Bucks. I picked the Panthers to win the division. Oh, go Baker Mayfield. Oh yeah, the Saints definitely won the division. <laughs> um, now the NFC West again, another division where it's going to be a slugfest outside of the Seattle Seahawks, though. Um. I am going to say that the Rams – no, the Rams win the division. Mm-hmm. And I think the Cardinals and – the Cardinals and the and the Packers are the wild card team. All right. So you've got Cowboys, Vikings, Saints, Rams, Cardinals, Packers as your wild card teams. Mm-hmm. Dre, who do you got in the way too early Super Bowl prediction? Um, representing the AFC, gotta have the Bills. Representing the NFC, I think the Cardinals do it this year. Interesting. So, our way too early Super Bowl predictions Tay took the Bills versus either the Bucks or the Packers mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. I have either the Broncos or the Rams, but either Broncos, Rams, or Bills, Rams. I've got the Rams making it either way, but it's either going to be the Broncos or the Bills in the AFC for me. Mm-hmm. Matt, the only one to lock in a, a singular pick. Matt says we're going to have a uh, Bills, Rams Super Bowl. Oh, no, I'm singular too. Bills, Cardinals. Andre now, second singular pick, Bills, Cardinals. Absolutely. That's how we're gonna do it. Now, I think a lot of us at week sixteen are gonna be looking back at this like week sixteen will be like, <sighs> like well, look, really looking back at these two weeks of uh, of shows. Like, well, you know, I said I said they might do this, or they could have done that. Exactly, exactly. Um, uh, wilding out. Speaking of week one, what yeah. did you think of that Bills Rams game on 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 Thursday night? Um, um, it was something else for sure. <laughs> um, what did I, what did I think? Look, Josh Allen. First of all, Matthew Stafford is still the same Matthew Stafford that I said he was. So, so Matthew Stafford is still asking me. Cooper Cup did his thing, 13 for 128, but... When you look down at everybody else, Higby, 5 for 39. Henderson, 5 for 26. Yep. neck 4 for 25. I was surprised Allen Robinson only got one catch yeah. in that game. I, and I, I, targets. I, I, I was surprised, too. Now, Josh Allen, 26 for 31, 267, three TDs. I didn't um, like two interceptions. Yeah, I don't like the two interceptions. They were they were they were they were forced throws, but you, you know, know, but you gotta you gotta love the 
the numbers there though, 26 for 31. You don't see that a lot. Only five, right. you know, five passes, errant passes, two of them, which we saw as interceptions, but you know, you take right. those two away, you know, only three passes that didn't hit their targets. Right. Stefan Diggs, eight for 122 and a t- uh, touchdown. Moss, six for 21. Davis, four for 88. Yep. Crowder, which was formerly you guys' um, wide yes. receiver. Um, three for 28. McKenzie, two for 19. Singletary, two for 14. I'm surprised he didn't get get more um, touches either. But um, and Knox, one for five. Now, the thing I what I'm surprised about is the Rams did play defense. They just could not score. Yeah. And if you're going to play defense and not score against Josh Allen, you're not going, going to win. You're not going to win. Like, it's not something that's sustainable for the season when you go against these quarterbacks, especially the quarterbacks in your division, especially quarterbacks in, in other divisions. If you go against anybody in the AFC West, man, you're going to get you'll get tossed out the damn season. If right. you don't score. We saw this, and, you know, I hate to bring it up, and it's not, again, not a shot at Aaron Rodgers before Matt come on here after while and out. It is, you cannot win without scoring. You cannot win. Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks in the era, no touchdowns. And that's not fully on him, but if your team doesn't score, it looks crazy. Now, to only score one touchdown and a field goal, it, it, it's no good. You're not going to do that against a team that's that's supposed to have been in the Super Bowl. Right, and uh, you know I have a lot of questions though because you know we talk about. Mm-hmm. I really want to think about that game plan though of the Rams. You know, something I spoke about last year during their run to mm-hmm. the playoffs was their lack of a running game. Yeah, right. Cam Akers had. What three carries for no yards on Thursday night? You know, Cam Akers is supposed to be their big, their big, their big, uh, their big play back. You know, mm-hmm. three carries for no yards. Daryl Henderson started the game, forty-seven yards on thirteen carries. Like I get it. This isn't like it used to be with the age of the running back, where you're you're, mm-hmm. you're giving your running back the rock twenty times and they're getting a hundred something yards. You know, I get it. A hundred yard day out of a <clears throat> out of a running back. Is few and far between nowadays in today's era of the NFL. Right, but you're, the the opposing quarterback shouldn't have ten carries for fifty six yards, getting five point six yards a carry. Even though I'm sure one of those and, and a touchdown. I'm sure one of those. I, I remember one of those runs actually being an extended run, but like that that's crazy compared to someone lined up as a running back having thirteen carries. For 47 yards. That's right. No good. And, you know, you got, we spoke about Allen Robinson, only two targets in the whole game. Like, right. you need to, look, we all know the ball's going to Cooper Cup. We know that, mm-hmm. right? We know the ball's going to Cup. Um, we want to diversify the type of targets you have mm-hmm. on that team. And you have to keep the, you have to keep Stafford safe and healthy. And you're not going to do that if he's throwing the ball 40 plus times a game especially with a little bit of an elbow impingement, just coming off winning a Super Bowl. You played an extra long season last year. You know, Mm -hmm. you need to find ways with Henderson, with Akers, 
to really take the pressure off of that wide receiving core off of Stafford. If Henderson and Akers are legitimately non-factors, the defense is going to key in on the wide receivers. And we saw that on Thursday night football. We saw that Bill's defense and that Bill's secondary. Mm-hmm. Listen, there's, I don't want to say that there's no stopping him, but there was no stopping Cooper Cup in this game. And it's going to be very hard to stop a Cooper Cup-like wide receiver. But they were able to shut down the rest of that team because they knew Henderson and Akers ain't doing nothing. And that's mm-hmm. that needs to change if the Rams want to have a successful season this year. If not, and I don't wish this upon him, you're going to get Stafford hurt. But we also got to take into account. Here's something else that we have to take into account. The Bills' defense is awesome. The Bills yes. have one of the top defenses in the league, so we're not taking it. We can't take it away from that. But their run, um, the Rams' running offense has been a problem for the last couple of years. They have no running back. They have no running back core. Their offensive line is all right, but you can't have an all right offensive line when you have a quarterback that is prone to throw interceptions in the red zone, and then. If he's not in the red zone, he's force-feeding it to Cooper Cup. So now when they start double-teaming Cooper Cup and you don't got nobody else to throw to, you're stuck. Right. You can't run. They need to invest in a running back. Um, and they need to dig deep to find a running back. Like, in his next draft coming up, or, or scour free agency. But you need somebody. You need a diamond in the rough running back to make your offense as good as your defense. So, yep. and that's the thing. I mean, listen, I, I'm not expecting none of these old school Jamal Lewis 200 yard right. games and things like yeah. that. We're not talk, Yeah, we're not. We're not expecting Chris Johnson's or. A- but Adrian imagine Peter though. Like imagine how successful these these passing offenses could be. We all know it. Peyton Manning's mm-hmm. talked about it. A lot of the old school quarterbacks and coaches talked about it. The run game opens it up. Mm-hmm. For the passing game, which is why Peyton Manning's bread and butter was the play action pass. Right. Because they knew, oh, wait, he might actually give it to Edron James and Edron James might take off. Right. And so when you actually fear the running back, when that mm-hmm. running back can have an impact on the game, it's mm-hmm. going to open up a lot of things for the passing offense. And in this era of a passing league, you need to have the running back because if not, defenses are just going to key in on your wide receivers. And not every team, the Rams included, have secondary and tertiary wide receivers that are number ones in their own right. I also think that um, as we talk, we talk about that, um, like the Giants and the Jets. The Giants and the Jets, when they were both – on point, and they've never been on point at the same time. But when both teams are good, it's usually because they have a, a pretty stout running back. Yep. Like when the Jets had LT, the team wasn't like blowing anybody out, out of the water, but you were allowed to make mistakes. Your, your yeah. quarterback was allowed to make mistakes because LT was going to give you a guaranteed 112 to 100 yards, uh, 100 yards to 100, 112 yards a game. Yeah. When the Giants had Tiki Barber and Brandon Jacobs at one point in time, people were afraid 
to get ran down by Brandon Jacobs and then get outran or ran over by Tiki Barber. That right. allowed Eli Manning to be able to just throw the ball all willy-nilly the way he wanted to. Right, talking about Tiki, um, you look about the longest period of success that the Jets have had in the last 20-something years was when Curtis Martin was the starting running back uh, yes. for the Jets, right? And, and and you were able to have sustained success for that team. Then you went, Curtis, you had a couple off years, you had you had mm-hmm. Damian Tomlinson, you know, you brought in, um, I'm forgetting, there was one other guy. You from Texas? Yes. <laughs> Yes, I, I know you talk about. I forget his name too. But yeah, I, I and then know. you you did have Gore for a little while, and right. Gore, while he wasn't the Gore he used to be in San Francisco, he still did put work in. Gore was still serviceable, and and that's all you're asking for from from your your running backs is to be serviceable. I'm not saying have a hundred something yards every game, but you should be able to have at least. If you're not going to have 100, you need to have at least close to 80, 90 yards again. Right. And the way these defenses are playing, it's not like the defenses are playing to stop the run. A lot of these defenses are playing to stop the pass because the league has become a pass-heavy league. These defensive lines are good, but a lot of these defensive lines outside of the the elite ones are not going to stop a team for getting over 200 run, rushing yards a game if the team really wanted to. Exactly. You know, we so, you know, you gotta, yeah. you gotta have, we gotta have some, gotta have something. Yeah. Now we, we were talking about rushing and everything like that. And um, we, and we talked about quarterbacks rushing. So now we have to talk about Mr. Jackson before we get into um, pick five. Action Jackson still has no, no contract. And um, that means he will probably, very likely, if the Ravens don't, I'd be surprised, but Jackson will very likely be franchise tagged going into next season. Um, where do you think his head, his head should be at? And should he be playing for the, uh, a contract this summer? Because they can pay him this summer, but this summer coming up, but... <clears throat> Why, 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 why should he not risk, risk it right now? Like, my, that's my question. Because right now he's gonna play, but part of me is saying, eh, yeah, we, you know, we've he's seen gonna, this. We've seen this before. Yeah, he, he's gonna make twenty three million in this mm-hmm. fifth year option year, but nothing mm-hmm. guaranteed after the season. Um, you know, you could still negotiate a long term contract under the franchise tag. And at the end of the day, he's going to get a little bit of a win on that franchise tag because literally over the past six months in the NFL, three quarterbacks have signed deals that exceed 165 million in guaranteed money. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And if I'm not mistaken with the franchise tag, um, it's essentially what the average of the, it's uh must offer the uh, the player a one year contract no less than the than either the average of the top mm-hmm. five salaries at that player's positions, right? Right. So if we look at the quarterback salaries, right right now, mm-hmm. if we look at this right now. You've got Aaron Rodgers number one at. 
50.3 million. So let me get out my handy dandy calculator here. Right. Right. 50 million for Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. 49 million for Russell Wilson. Kyler Murray's getting 46.1 million. Deshaun Watson's getting 46 million. And Patrick Mahomes is getting 45 million. That's an average annual value of 47.28 million on a one year contract if they franchise him. Right. Or 120% of the player's previous year's salary. But the way the franchise tags work, if you put the exclusive franchise tag on him, you have to choose whichever salary is greater. So they would have to pay him the top five salaries. So now you're going to be giving this man $47.2 million in a one-year contract. Right. If you franchise him. Right. Where you could have broken it up. And you could have broken it up and not have to pay him $47 million in this first year. Right. But or in in any any year, you can break it up to where it still comes out to enough. If you're gonna pay him his lump sum, paying his lump sum in in the last year or the second year, but um, to preserve your cap salary cap space, I just think that the Ravens went about this the wrong way, and if they they mess up, they're gonna lose their quarterback. Well, is here's my question: Is Lamar Jackson worth two first round draft picks? Yes. Okay, so at this at this current iteration of Lamar Jackson, yes. So, because here's the thing, there are two uh-huh. types of franchise tags. Right. There's the exclusive franchise tag, which I think the Baltimore Ravens would be stupid to not use this one. Right. Okay. The exclusive franchise tag gives NFL teams exclusive negotiation rights mm-hmm. with the player. If the player rejects the offer, they still mm-hmm. have to play under the tag but they are unable to negotiate with any other team. Right. The non-exclusive tag Mm -hmm. would allow for the player to negotiate with other teams. And if they receive an offer, then the Ravens would have the opportunity to match the offer. If they opted not to match the offer, they would be entitled to receive two first-round draft picks in in exchange. Right. Right. So, I would assume uh-huh. that they would use the exclusive franchise tag. Right? I would assume. I would assume too. But the question would be: Do they use the non-exclusive to see what he gets on the market? Because do they think Lamar Jackson? They'd rather have two first-round draft picks mm-hmm. or Lamar Jackson. Right. Because hold on, quick, Pete. Queen is joining us. What's going on, Queen? Hey, guys. Hey, Queen. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm in the middle of a very important um, meeting, but I just kind of want to jump in and say hey. And um, I also think Lamar Jackson is worth two draft picks. I think he's more than shown his worth to the organization, <clears throat> to the players and the team. And um, I think that with, with the draft, you never know what you're going to get. You know what you're going to get with Lamar Jackson, and that's sol- that is solid production. So I don't think that they throw him away just yet. I, I agreed 110%. I, just, I don't think that um, you just let him walk 
because this is a once in a generational quarterback. You guys, so is much he comparison. once in a generation? Though I mean, I know we said it. Um, I know we give him his flowers, and I know that we feel like he doesn't have the right pieces around him. But you know, when you look at a once in a generational quarterback, you look at um, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. You look at um, now uh, Joe Burrow. You look at the Russell Wilsons, and I wonder if Lamar Jackson competes at that same level. Um, that's a, that. That is a very good question, and I, I think that I can't say it's unfair for us to judge it because based on his pieces, because we've seen the greatest quarterback of all time play with as much as what Lamar Jackson is playing with, and win Super Bowls. Oh. That that's that's the hardest thing. Can't say he's worse than once in a generational. He has flashes of of Vic because of his elusiveness. Vic Vic just has a better arm. Vic had a more accurate arm, too. Towards the end of his career, though. Yeah, no, Vic turned into a much better passer. Mm-hmm. But you know, Vic would always. I mean, I, I I have no qualms in saying this. Vic was heads and tails a better athlete and runner than Lamar Jackson will ever be. Yeah. Um, Vic it's also because Vic is like like thirty pounds. Yeah, but Vic legitimately hit. changed defenses in the NFL. Like he changed mm-hmm. how defensive played. The reason why we have an edge rusher is because of of Mike Vic. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but you know, interestingly enough, you know who was the last Ravens quarterback to turn down the Baltimore Ravens contract extension offers before the end of their rookie deal? Joe Don't Flacco. tell me. Joe Flacco. And you know what I he was did? Joe Flacco. And you know what he did in his fifth and final year of his rookie contract? He won a Super Bowl. He won the damn Super Bowl. <laughs> won the damn Super Bowl. Yeah, but Ray Lewis ain't on this team. Right. 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 <laughs> right. Hell no. Hell no. Ray Lewis ain't on the team. Beyonce not doing the Super Bowl performance. It was like... <laughs> You know, it's it, it's gonna be you know it's gonna be it's gonna be very risky on both ends. I think it's yeah. very risky on Lamar Jackson's end because Lamar Jackson has been hit seven hundred and thirty-seven times since two thousand and eighteen. Okay, that is more hits than any quarterback in that time frame. Yeah, but you know who's the quarterback who's been hit the most of all time is right? David Carr. That's why he got- Brady. Oh. oh, yeah, Tom, they, they be second. beating the shit out of Tom Brady. Second. <laughs> but second. since 2018, since, since Lamar Jackson has become the starting quarterback for the Ravens, he's been hit more times than any other quarterback in the league since then. Now, also since then, he has a 37-12 and 12 record as their starter, and Baltimore is 2-5 in the seven games that he's missed. Um, and, you know, it doesn't help him. That last year was also his worst statistical season, throwing 13 interceptions. I have to jump. I'm sorry. I have to run back in. I just wanted to come and say hi. Hi, Queen. We miss you. All right. Bye, guys. You know, it doesn't help that he had his worst statistical season last year, missed five games, four of them due to an ankle injury, you know. But it's also a big risk for the Ravens because the question then becomes, do you exclusive tag him and then 
you only got him for one year, but now you got to pay $47 million, which is going to be a major cap hit? Or do you non-exclusive tag him and possibly lose him to another team and only get two draft picks for him? Yeah, um, you can't just lose him. That's the thing. You just can't lose him. And if Lamar Jackson decides, if the Ravens are decide that, yeah, we're going to give him a non-exclusive, it's a wrap. But either way, Lamar Jackson's going to get paid. Listen, I was just playing Madden the other day. You know how much Lamar Jackson asked for? 235. 235? <laughs> I paid him two thirty five. Here you go. Take your two thirty five. Go about your business, sir, and be my quarterback. I'll figure it out. I'll figure out the rest later. <laughs> you you have to do that because if you let him go to a contender or a team that looks like they may contend and they have pretty good um, playmaking pieces, a pretty good wide receiver, pretty good running back. An okay defense. Lamar Jackson is going to turn that team into a playoff team. And I got and I got to wonder though, what team? You know, I'm thinking about it here. I mean, Miami. He, he's not going to Green Bay. Miami. <laughs> no. Yeah. Let Tua be. Let Tua play bad this season. <laughs> let Tua play bad this season with with Cheetah and the rest of his his fast ass wide receiving core. Let Tua play bad this season. I mean, you know, it'd be really terrible mm. if you went to the Rams. Ooh, Cooper Cup ain't got to worry about getting the ball three hundred thousand times. Oh man, the offense—they they just have to upgrade the offensive line. Listen, I mean, you could see the Giants making a play for him. Lord, no, I, I I love the Giants. I love them with all my heart, but. They need more playmaking pieces around him. You know, I lost you lost Evan Ingram to free agency. Now he's on Jacksonville, about to get every pass thrown in. Like, yeah, you could have the Giants could make a play for him. You know, the Jets are definitely going to make a play for him. Unless yeah, Zach the Jets Wilson, are definitely going going to make a play for him. Unless Zach Wilson turns into an MVP this year, there's no reason why the Jets should not make a play for Lamar Jackson. Right. Absolutely. Um. I wouldn't be surprised if Bill Belichick kicks the can down the road. I can see it, but then I, I can't because of how Bill Belichick runs his offense. Lamar Jackson has to – he would have to have a better, more accurate arm to, to get it done. Yep. Um, you know, you, I, you like you said, unless Tua plays out of his shoes, Miami can make a run at him. Mm-hmm. You know – Pittsburgh I, could make a run at him. Imagine Pittsburgh him pointing the division to Pittsburgh. Right. Pittsburgh yeah. make a make a grab at him. Um, the Saints can make a grab at him too. Like there, there are plenty of teams. Tom Brady is on. You know, he might be on his final contract. The, but right, so, the, but you know, okay. You, speaking of Tom Brady, mm-hmm. the the Green Bay Packers uh, could make a run for Lamar Jackson. They could. Uh, San Francisco. I mean, there's a lot. See, you know Seattle will make a run at him. 
Seattle will definitely make a run at him, and they're probably trying to see how it may go by using Geno Smith, but Geno Smith and Lamar Jackson are not the, the same QB. I mean, so. listen, I, I, I want Geno Smith to be good because I have a – I do too. A heart for I, want, I want him to be really good. Like, I really – listen, I always feel like the Jets did Geno Smith – did him wrong. Yeah, they did him grimy. <laughs> like, I love my team, but I am also one of those fans that do not just – it's like – you know, it's funny. My girl said this hilariously because you know the famous Issa Rae quote. Yeah. Right? I'm rooting for everybody black. Right. My girl was just like, my girl who was a, a, a black woman, Lily mm-hmm. had come out and said, well, but time out, what if they're a murderer? And what if, they, like, so we got to be selective, right? No, nah, no, nah, I'm rooting for the black murderer too. I'm rooting <laughs> for him to get off. You not stop it. We rooted for OJ. You rooting for R. Kelly? I said murderer. Are you rooting for R. Kelly? No, hell no. I'm not rooting for R. Kelly, no. You, you uh, rooting for Cosby? No. All right. So we ain't rooting for – we root for everybody black with exceptions. With exceptions. Right. But, but so the Cosby show is back on TV. But I said this thing as a fan. Cosby show is back on TV. Because you know how fans are, right? Fans yes. will fans will turn a blind eye to their team even when their team is wrong. Right. I don't do that with my fandom. I call my Yankees out when they're wrong – I call the Jets out when they're wrong, and the Jets did Geno Smith dirty. I'm not saying Geno Smith was the next coming of Joe Namath. Right. But you never gave him a chance to find out what he could do. Uh, so I got I got a soft spot in my heart for Geno Smith, but uh, he's going to have a rough year in Seattle. Yeah, he is. And speaking of, have you been reading the stuff about that Russell Wilson-Seattle breakup? No, I have not. Brother. It goes deeper than we thought. Mm, I think for next week, we'll definitely go into – I think we'll have to go into that next week. And sure. Pete Carroll is invited to the cookout. After everything I'm reading, Pete Carroll was the only one holding that together. Mm. No wonder that man Carroll. has aged 25 years in five years. Wow. Because he was out here trying to keep Russell Wilson on the Seattle Seahawks by himself. Yeah, this is true. But um, pick five. Um, so for those who are just joining and don't know what pick five is, pick five is it's our base. Our kind. Of, it's not a fantasy league. It's basically we pick five games, and at the end of the season, we tally up the scores, and the winner gets bragging rights. Right. The first year. Um, what it was, the winner who was Queen Tay, um, even though it was very controversial, controversial because of because of Pete, <laughs> controversial. It's not my fault. He didn't want listen. He didn't want to do the 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 sports stuff. He didn't want to do the decathlon. We went to trivia. Still okay. very controversial. That's what Jack was decided Tunney. on. Jack Tunney. You know that's what was decided on. And, and that's it. You know, I don't know. Maybe I should have asked him my Ahmed Johnson question. Probably. What's good, Drizzy? Yo, Drizzy. Um, um, so, Tavia won the first one. Um, and that's how uh, Tavia's Tea Talk came about, which we'll definitely need to, to come back around to Tavia's Tea Talk really soon. Um, last year, because we could not find a way to do the tie tiebreaker, 
Tavia is a back-to-back winner, but so is Matt. So if we did not have the tiebreaker last year, the, the original year, Tay and Matt would both be back-to-back winners both years. But Tay is a two-time winner. Matt is a one-time winner. They are co-champions this year. While me and Pete bottom out at three and four, respectively, <laughs> both years again. I should have been. I should have been. It should have been a triple. It should have. It definitely should have been triple. We were all close for most of the year, though. Yes. It wasn't. The games weren't too far apart. Like we all spent some time. Uh, Tavia is the only one who didn't get past second place. Like, so he never dropped past second. But um. Man, this year's going to be crazy. Um, I can't wait to see how this turns out. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm coming, I'm coming for that. I'm coming for the throne this year. I'm saying it straight up. I'm coming for the throne this year. And listen, mm-hmm. I am very happy that Tay got her picks in first. Right. So I'm going to. Because gonna... we all know what we've been saying. Tay be waiting to hear what everybody wants to say. I'll take that one over there. You know. All right. So we're gonna go through. Um, we're gonna go through the games. I'm gonna go through them, um, and then we're gonna come back around for the picks. For the first game, we have Packers Vikings. Second game, Raiders Chargers. Third game, Chiefs Cardinals. Fourth game, Bucks Cowboys. Fifth game, Broncos Seahawks. So Pete. Packers, Vikings. Why we start with me? I'm just kidding. Yes. Why? Yeah. Why we start with you? Packers, Vikings. And 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 elaborate on your answers because I have to look at something real quick. Um, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna take the Packers simply because I believe, you know, the Green Bay Packers. You know, Rodgers has got something to to prove. I'm very worried about Lazard being out. Um. I'm very worried about Alan Lazard possibly being out. We don't really know what's happening there. So, you know what? All in all, chalk on the board. I wanted to take the Packers initially, but I'm going to take the Vikings at home to win this game. You know, do you like that? I like Kirk Cousins getting that week one victory over the uh, over the Packers. I really do. Um, it's it's tough, though. It's tough there. I know we were also talking about Tampa Bay and Dallas, the Sunday night game at Dallas, the unretired Brady unretired. going to Dallas uh, against the Cowboys. This is another tough game to pick because I was very much poised to pick Dallas until mm-hmm. I heard about. Prescott's injury, right? Can Prescott, with ankle soreness, go up against, you know, because apparently the new cleats that he has messed up his ankle. Okay. You know, so I don't don't, don't know. This one's a little tough. By the way, I don't know if you got it. I I took the Vikings over the Packers. Okay. Uh, Let me write it down. So Pete, <laughs> uh, oh, how did I do this? How did I do this before? 
Um, I forgot how I did it, but okay, Pete for the Vikings. Pete. Oh, is Michael Gallup not playing week one either? Nope. <sighs> Terrible. Pete Vikings. Um, Tay put hers in, and what did Tay pick? If I'm not mistaken. I got to go find it. Give me one second. Let me go in. The Packers. All right. Tay did the Packers. I'm going with the Packers as well. And we will, and I'm sure Matt is going with the Packers, but I will not pick for him. So, uh, so yeah, I think I, the Vikings are always like right there. Yeah, Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback. Wow, but he actually said it, ladies and gentlemen. Kirk, take Cousins it back. Is a great quarterback. Take it back. Anyway, <laughs> no, Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback. Great quarterback at that, but um, they're just always just close. And they just don't do anything with what they have. So um, they're not a sexy team. They're not. They're far from a sexy team. They're and that's a, the thing. They're a, a fairly attractive team, but they're not a team that I'd be like, "Oh, let's go on a date." Like, like they're they're the team that you look for for a far and be like, "Oh, okay, they're cute." But um, <clears throat> all right, the next game, Raiders Chargers. I'll taking start. the charges. Oh, you're taking off rip charges. Taking the charges. I you you know last year the charges yeah. were my were my team, kind of like that, that secondary team. Like, hey, listen, I really like these. I really like the Chargers. Mm. I really do. I am a big fan of that team. I really think, you know, and, and you know, it also makes me remember, you know, for a very, very long time. I used to be, you know, I used to always like the Chargers because you had, you know, they had Philip Rivers and Ladanian Tomlinson and and uh, why am I forgetting his name? Um, Antonio, not Ant- yeah, Antonio, Antonio Gates. Gates. Yep. You know, like you had that really good team that just for some reason was never able to take it to that next level. But I am really a big fan of Justin Herbert and this Chargers mm-hmm. team. I am taking the Chargers off the rip. Okay. Uh, I'm taking the Raiders. I would, um, pardon me saying the Chargers, but I'm going to take the Raiders. Derek Carr is back and healthy. The, the Raiders team is stacked up. Um, I think it's going to be, I think this game may go down to like the final couple of possessions. So, um, Tay picked the Raiders as well. Chiefs, Cardinals, and I am going to pick the Cardinals in this one. I think huh? I said interesting. I think that again, as we cannot um bet against Patrick Mahomes in the long term, in the short term, the Chiefs don't always start out the season too good and they didn't do much to upgrade their offensive line, plus Patrick Mahomes losing a few weapons doesn't really help their case. Um Travis Travis Kelsey does come back healthy, but um, you gotta know what's the status of their defense. Their secondary wasn't that good last year, and the Cardinals will test them 
in that secondary with all the pieces they have back there with their their wideouts. Well, it's gonna be interesting because again, if if this was the pure Cardinals team with DeAndre Hopkins mm. and Hollywood Brown, mm. I'd say, all right, we might we might have a case here. Mm-hmm. But Hopkins is out for the first six games due to suspension. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah. you're gonna hope that it's you're gonna hear a lot of Murray to Brown, Murray to Brown, mm. but you also have a lot of cornerback issues for the Cardinals. I'm yeah. going, you know, Chiefs are 5-0 and against the Cardinals when they're playing in Kansas City. Not so great on the road. Mm-hmm. But I am going to pick the Kansas City Chiefs in a nail-biter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it comes down to a few plays in this one as well. It's going to be a, a heavyweight fight. I think if Kyler Murray can stay the Huh? No, it's fine. Oh, I think if Kyler Murray can stay the course and and limit his mistakes, he I think he should be fine. Now, the only way I see the the Chiefs winning is that if the Cardinals defense who is really stacked up could not get a hold or, or find a way to for answer to answer Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is not going to stay in that in that pocket very long. It's, it's, he's not going to rush out and run run for hundred yards, but he is a playmaker, and he will find some way to get that ball out. But the thing about Patrick Mahomes and that offensive line, Patrick Mahomes will get hit a bunch of times if that offensive line doesn't do their job. Yeah, no, I, I I think I'm very worried about the defense of the Cardinals, and I'm worried about the fact that they really only have Hollywood, and they don't have Hollywood and Hopkins. If you had had Hollywood and Hopkins, I would have picked the Cardinals in this game, but mm-hmm. I'm picking the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs have an opportunity in this game to be able to steal one. Yeah, honestly, absolutely. Bucks, Cowboys. Um, oh, I'm sorry. And Tay picked the Chiefs as well for, for 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 this game. Buccaneers, Cowboys. I'm going off limb. I'm gonna say no. I can't say it. nope. I think I'm gonna pick the Bucks. I was gonna pick the Cowboys, but Dak is hurt, so I'm going to pick the Bucks. This is rough. I'm gonna pick the Bucks. Similarly, not only because Dax hurt, Gallup's out, Washington's yep. likely out. So it's going to yep. be a lot of having to get the ball to CD Lamb. I know there's a lot of questions with the Bucs. They lost a lot of pieces. And the question is, is Brady going to be the same? I think Brady's going to take out all of his anger on his marital problems on this season, mm-hmm. which is sad for everyone. He may have, he may have an MVP type season. You know. Or for it. He trying to, he trying to, you know, Brady's really going to have to have an MVP level season because of all the rumors we're hearing about issues with Giselle Bunchton having with him coming back. Mm. He's going to have to prove that him coming back was worth it. Oh, yeah. My man's got to at least make it to the Super Bowl at this point. You know, like MVP's got to be won, something. He's got to break a record in passing. Offensive player of the year, some, some, something. 
Right. He's got to make this worth it uh, if he's trying to save save that marriage from what we're hearing with him and Giselle Bunchen. So I'm, I'm taking Tampa mm-hmm. Bay to beat Dallas. And I'm sorry because I think Dallas, had they had no issues, this should have been a big win for them. Right. They beat the Bucks if if all these issues are not not prevalent. 100%. Tay, Tay beat, um, picks the Bucks as well. Um, pretty sure Matt will pick the Bucks. So, uh, Broncos, Seahawks. Now, um, this game should be very cut and dry, but Russell Wilson is also playing against a team who knows him like the back of his hand. And there will be schemes to adjust to what Russell Wilson does well and um, what to what he doesn't do well. But the problem with Russell Wilson, he does almost everything well. With um, the Seahawks defense not being the Seahawks defense that we keep clamoring for, I'm going to say that the Broncos win it because um, I don't think it's going to be a high-powered offensive game for Russell Wilson, but I think the defense is going to hold Geno Smith to at least 10 points. I'm taking the Broncos, no questions asked. I think Russell Wilson is going to put the hurt Mm. on the Seahawks. I really think he's going to put a hurting on the Seahawks. Um, I feel bad because, you know, Smith's got to be on the other end of this. Yeah. But Russell Wilson is going back to Seattle. I honestly think he's going to be given a hero's welcome by that team, by that, by that uh, city. Mm-hmm. And I think he's then going to proceed to become the biggest villain <laughs> right after that. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to put a number on it. Like, you know, I know that, you know, reading up a lot of what I've been reading about the Seahawks divorce with Russell Wilson, apparently Russell Wilson was very big on letting, um, you know, wanting to have more of the focal point of the offense on him. You know, the whole let Russ rip, mm-hmm. you know, and they were just not willing to let him do that. I think Denver's going to let him do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Denver's going to let Russ rip. They're going to let this man cook uh, immensely. I mean, you are – Jerry Judy is about to become the happiest man in the world. Javante Williams, Cortland Sutton, Melvin Gordon III. I mean, this man has more wide receivers to throw to on this team than he had in his entire career. In Seattle. I mean, yeah. he had, what, one yeah. or two years of, uh, what's this kid that's out there now? DK? Yeah. He had, what, one, two seasons with DK? More seasons with DK Metcalf would, would have been amazing for him, but I don't know how much longer DK Metcalf stays in, in Seattle anyway either, so we shall see. Now, uh, something final real quick. Um, the MLB, the, the pinch, the, the pitch count, the clock, the pitch clock has changed. Um, originally, it was how many? So, I, I forget what it was originally, but they're instituting a very strict pitch clock now. Mm-hmm. So, it's going to be 15 seconds mm-hmm. uh, if there's no runners on base. Mm-hmm. 
and 20 seconds if there are runners on base. But the balking is going to be real this season. Like? <laughs> the, the amount of balks we're going to get this season is going to be immense. Yeah, so I believe it was the catcher must be in the position when the timer hits 10 seconds. Yep. The hitter must have both feet in the batter's box and be alert at the eight-second mark. And the pitcher must start his motion to pitch by the expiration of the clock. If the pitcher violates the timer, automatic ball. If the hitter violates the timer, it's an automatic strike. So, this adds a little bit. This is The MLB is trying to make the game quicker. And I understand it. Because sitting through a nine-inning MLB game, uh, again, and I've watched baseball. I've watched baseball for a lot of my life. Sitting through a nine-inning baseball game is sometimes hell. And they're trying to speed up the game, but at what cost are they speeding up the game to? Because I feel like speeding up the game allows for a lot more errors, and I'm not talking about the errors on the field. I mean a lot more errors in pitchers just throwing throwing duck, but hitters just not being ready, and and these pitchers getting false strikeouts. So right. now either either we're, we're getting a ton of strikeouts because the batters are not ready or we're getting a ton of hits slash home runs because the pitchers are now rushing to get to get to their spots. Not right. just the pitchers, the catchers. Um, in theory, I think it's a, it's a, the, I see what they're trying to do, but the execution we'll, we'll definitely have to see because I know they test out a lot of the stuff in the minor leagues, just like how, the M- um the NBA tests a lot of their rule changes in the G League. So yes. um we have to see how this is going to to work. Um and that's going to start with seeing how it works inside the minors. Because now if we're looking how it works in the minors and we're doing with we're dealing with amateurs. So the mistakes are probably going to be a lot higher than it would be for professionals. I just don't think that it's – there has to be a different way than rushing the pitcher and rushing the batter. Well, I think it's going to be, if I'm not mistaken here, um, this gets implemented in 2023. Yeah. Next year in the MLB. And this but is they, something they have been doing in the minors. Right. <clears throat> so – and then the bigger one as well mm-hmm. – is they have now outlawed the defensive shift. Mm. So recently in baseball, if you've, if you've been watching games, you would see sometimes when certain hitters come up, the defense will shift. So now it's like the shortstop or the second baseman is basically in the outfield. Mm-hmm. And you've got three infielders shifting over to one side, leaving a big gap on one side of the field. Mm-hmm. That is no longer allowed. It will now be all four infielders must have their feet on the dirt of the infield. There could not be an infielder in the outfield. Why did they change that, though? (laughs) I don't know why. I mean, here's Mm -hmm. my... As an old school baseball guy and as a baseball player myself, the first thing my coach would have said 
is learn to hit against it, right? Absolutely. I get a lot of people saying, oh, well, when they shift, they open up this big hole on one side of the other field. Why don't they just hit the ball down that way? Why don't they just bunt the ball mm-hmm. down that way? It's an easy runner on base. It's free. Mm-hmm. You know, and yes, from a hitting standpoint, you would think, okay, the left side of the infield is open. Hit the ball to the left. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, the right side of the infield is open. Hit the ball to the right. Unfortunately, the way the game is now and the way that analytics have created the game and changed the game, this kind of situational hitting really doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And also the guys that they do do the shift against are usually power hitters who are very, very prone to pulling the ball in a certain direction. Right. So it's kind of like they're getting a guaranteed out. Absolutely. You know, so again, this is the the, the MLB's competition committee who decided to, to change these rules. This committee is made up of, um, I'm trying to get here, six ownership level representatives, four players, and one umpire. Right. So I'm I'm assuming them four players are the ones that keep getting knocked out every time they, they, they well, line no, up. Actually the players did not voted unanimously against these things. Absolutely. I would I would assume so though. If, um, if the player I was joking about the first, but yeah, the players should vote against it. Yeah, so but then the, the the statement that came out from Major League Baseball was that the reason why the changes were voted against by the players is because that quote major league baseball was unwilling to meaningly meaningfully address the areas of concern that the players raised. And as a result, players on the competition committee voted unanimously against the implementation uh, of the rules covering defensive shifts and the use of a pitch timer. I just don't. Yeah. I I just don't think that, that's like saying in basketball, oh, and and, and there's, you know, there, there's some people who say you should do it, some people who don't, but that's like saying, oh, Giannis, no, Giannis Antetokounmpo cannot shoot threes, so you know what we're going to do? We're going to hang out, we're going to play back, but if the NBA says, no, you have to have a hand on the body or near the body while a player is in motion, but it's like, Why? So Giannis right. can run past me every fucking play and get to the free throw line? No. <laughs> if I know, and this is why analytics is a, a blessing and a curse. Analytics says Mike Trout will pull the ball to the right side of the field all the time. Right. But he's, so because he's going to pull the ball to the right side of the field all the time, if he's not hitting a home run or he's not hitting something deep, why not us? Why not let us be able to line up the right way? Because this is what analytics shows. This is what the eye test shows. That's the gift of analytics. The curse of analytics is this. Oh, this is not fair because this player keeps getting put out. The same way we tell basketball players, hey, people are playing you so you can't shoot. You need to learn how to shoot. Baseball players, as you said, in the old school way, and this is old school sports way, if people are stopping you from doing this, learn how to do that. Right. 
That's how you get better. I mean, you said it, yeah. you said it yourself, right? What do we say about Ben Simmons? Can't shoot, right? Right. So do guys play close-up defense on him? No, they focus more on the other four players on the court, and they give him a little bit more space. But I guarantee right. you Ben Simmons started dropping dropping down from the mid-range. They start yeah. guarding him. Oh, yeah. They'll be holding him. They'll be like, oh, shit. Like, they <laughs> But Giannis started hitting mid-range shots. Now people got to guard Giannis outside of the, inside of the three-point line, like like close, like higher, because he's gonna shoot over you now in the mid-range. Like, it's the same thing. It uh, essentially is the same thing with baseball. But this is what you were saying a couple months ago when me, you, and Joe Kim were on on here. There are more power hitters. There are less skill skilled position players. Oh yeah, because because. A lot of people are playing for the home run. There are not enough singles and line drives being hit anymore. That's the I know. It's, it's very yeah. different. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. growing up watching baseball, and it was, you know, you'd see guys, all right, this guy singles. This guy hits mm-hmm. a double. This guy hits a single, mm-hmm. a single, a single. You'd get the odd home run. Don't get me wrong, okay? You'd get your home runs. But it was base to base baseball. Right. And, and that would make the game what? better. Right. It was guys getting making solid contact, solid mm-hmm. hits. You know, the reason why a lot of this is happening is you're getting a lot more, you know, this is a, a, another way of the of, of MLB trying to increase that offense. Right. Right. But if you're going to do that, now you have to, you know, you're going to get a lot more. I honestly think that getting away with the pitch clock it's going to not only lead to more home runs, but it's going to lead just to more hitting in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which may allow for teams to pull back on the whole, we have to hit seven home runs a game. Yeah. That that may do it, but like sport, like in all sports, analytics says the home runs are better than hitting singles, doubles, and triples. Like in the because, NBA, the threes are better than the twos. Right. Because threes are worth more. Threes yeah. and dunks. Right. Threes are, are the more efficient shot than the mid-range because everybody is guarding the mid-range or or because people just don't shoot it. Like, like if we had enough people shooting mid-ranges like we did before, if we had more Kawhis shooting threes and then, like, how Rudy Gay used to play in, in, in the mid-range and, and more – uh, Michael Jordan's and, and and Kobe Bryant's and stuff like that. Unless people trying to be Steph Curry, right? The analytics will be blown up and exploded because the, the percentages will be different. The percentages in front of the rim and the percentages behind the three point line are virtually the same. So it, it's something. But it, as going back into baseball, it, it's something that people shouldn't pay too much attention to, which is why I think, again, analytics is the devil and the curse of the game. There's no other reason why I see them making that rule. Because somebody had to complain. The owners definitely had to complain that, yo, why is everybody lined up in in, in a line in one spot? Well, your player keeps hitting the ball to the same spot every time. So right. I'm not, I don't know. <laughs> like, What's your batting coach is teaching them? <laughs> so right at the end of the day, it used to be when I was growing up, my dad always told me you hit the ball where they ain't. Basically, you put the ball where they ain't. 
And the best, time to pra- best time to practice is in-game. Right. And at the end of the day, Major League Baseball players have more ability than I will ever have. And mm-hmm. they, they can hit a 90-mile-per-hour fastball. And they know how to maneuver the ball around the field. Hit the ball where they ain't. Right? We, we, we want to sit here and talk about baseball's got to move into the new generation. Yeah, okay, there are certain things that have to move into the new generation. But the idea, the basic idea, the fundamentals of baseball, mm-hmm. hit the ball where they ain't. That don't change. That does not change at all. It, either, it, it shouldn't hit it never out, change. Either hit it out if you could do that. But mm-hmm. if you're not one of those guys that can hit it out regularly, even if you are, you take what the pitcher is giving you mm-hmm. and you put the ball where they ain't. Point blank, period. Yeah. Put it where they ain't. That's it. Yeah, like in football, you don't throw the ball. What's the first thing they teach you when you're <laughs> I played quarterback in, in football for a lot of years? What's the first mm-hmm. thing they teach you? You don't throw the ball where your wide receiver is. You throw you the throw ball where you. your wide receiver is going to be. Right. Right. You throw where he is, the, the, the corner of the defensive back is like. Right. I'm right here. You know, you <laughs> you know, you, you want to make sure you do these things. It's, it's a fundamental and even in, it, this is the fundamental rule of all sports, even in, in basketball. Where do you want to get the ball to? You want to get the ball to the guy who's the most unguarded. Mm-hmm. God forbid you got an open man. You put the ball where the defense is nice. not. It's simple. And it, it is very simple, but but again, more rule, un, more unnecessary rules just for the. The, the amount of people who can't do something. It, it, and it's like what I say for like a lot of places. You can't change the rules for the minority if it affects the majority. That's right. You can't, um, you can't change the rules because of the minority because it also affects the majority. That's what I meant. But um, great show, Pete. Great show. Shout out to the Job Tiz Network. All the shows on there. Two and a Half Bros is back. The Zone Sessions is back. Job to his podcast just drop. Um, especially- you know what else is back? Mm. I, you, now you just reminded me. Who that? We Are Wrestling is back. Oh, most definitely. I, I was definitely getting to that. We Are Wrestling is definitely back. Um, welcome to the Bronx. Welcome to the Bronx. Um, show is going to be on November 4th. That is a Friday, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, sir. Friday, a Friday night. Friday night, November fourth, in the Boogie Down Bronx, where it First all begins again. First time in two and a half years. Yeah. First time in two and a half years, a professional wrestling product with a mm-hmm. ring. Because I know there was mm-hmm. recently a no ring, de- uh, no ring show that mm-hmm. was done in the Bronx not too long ago. Big shout out to Sophie Vasquez and the Bronx yes. Brewery and and Invictus mm-hmm. Pro Wrestling who helped make that happen. Um, mm-hmm. But the first time in over two and a half years that an in ring professional wrestling product has been in the Bronx. Right, absolutely. And shout out to you for being the person to do it. We have a um, crazy title tournament um, that's starting up in, in, in this show, which will culminate, and not this show, but the the next show with a new world champion being crowned. Um, a, lot of, <clears throat> a lot of heavy hitters in this tournament. Oh, God. <clears throat> um, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to, um, I can't wait to see the belt. The belt is going to be beautiful. Oh, it's 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 in the works. It's in mm-hmm. the works. Uh, we'll probably be able to unveil it at the very beginning of the new year. Because mm-hmm. uh, right now we are in the design phase of the of mm-hmm. the title. 
Um, I can announce that it will be called the We Are Wrestling Grand Championship. It will be the mm-hmm. We Are Wrestling Grand Championship. That will be the name of the title um, at, at the top of the tree of We Are Wrestling. We are in the design phase right now. Hopefully, once we are in the production phase, I can start mm-hmm. dropping some, some teases and some shots at it. But yeah. More than likely, it'll be ready by the end of the new year, and we'll be able to start 2023 by crowning the first ever We Are Wrestling Grand Champion. Absolutely. I, I can't wait for that. Um, well, oh, um, not just We Are Wrestling is coming back on November 4th. Battle Club Pro had a show on October 4th as well, I believe. October 2nd, uh, where we will crown an undisputed Battle Club Pro champion. Um, listen, the, all the belts are on the line on this show. Yo, that's um, going to be crazy. That's going to be crazy. For, October 1st, actually. October 1st. October Saturday, 1st. October I apologize. 1st. Saturday, October 1st. Um, all of the championships in Battle Club Pro will be on the line, including the new Battle Weight Championship that was just won recently by by uh, Mike Law. That's right. Um, and it just broke today. Not only will all the championships be on the line to crown a unified and undisputed Battle Club Pro champion, they've also announced that the match that we were unable to get at Jobber Slam 2 due to injury will happen Mm. at the next Battle Club show, Trial by Combat. It broke today. The main event will defend the Battle Club Pro Tag Team Championships against Thick and Juicy 2.0. A brief reprieve for main event due to uh, Brooke Valentine's untimely injury. Unfortunately, could not compete Mm. in that match at Jobber Slam 2, but Battle Club Pro making sure that the main event and Thick and Juicy 2.0 get the match that they both deserve. Absolutely. Main event have been the Battle Club Pro um, Tag Team Champions for about a year now, over a year um, now, and defended these belts every single place they've gone. Um, they've been road running recently. They've just in a belt, uh, just in a title match recently with uh, the Briscoes and Private Party at House of Glory. So, uh, these guys are on a tear, but let's not slip, um, sleep on Thick and Juicy 2.0. Willow Nightingale has been amazing. Excuse me. She's had an amazing year this past year. She had an amazing past couple of years since recovering from her, her devastating neck injury. Um, Brooke Valentine has also been continuing to to get her name out there. And, and it's going to be a, a great match. Um it's going to be powerhouses versus um, a real lucha style. Can Thick and Juicy keep up with um, with the main event? And that, that's going to be the main question. Yep. And but, more matches have been announced. Please check out Battle Club Pro on mm-hmm. Instagram and Twitter. Make mm-hmm. sure to check all of the matches that have been, that have been announced, including the incredible unified title matches, Two of them have the, the two first ones have already been announced. We're gonna mm-hmm. have to see who wins those and who goes on to have to face each other to become the first ever unified battle club pro champion. Who's gonna have all four belts? Absolutely. And then, um, not to mention, people forget, um, as much as um, I hate to say it, 
um, Big Time Yaya, the gifted one, he has a title opportunity um, at any time. So he, I know he's waiting in the wings for it. So um, even though I, I, you know, Jabba Kid South did what they did at Jabba Slam. Um, we got robbed. Still, we got robbed at Jabba Slam. Fix was in. Think, you me, got thrown me. out. I had to leave early because I had to go to another show in Jersey. So and, mm-hmm. and the, the fix was in, man. But even that, Yaya still earned his title shot, and I'm I'm just wondering. Whoever Yaya goes up against the or whoever wins that tournament has an uphill battle against somebody who has been on a tear for about a year, not just at Battle Club Pro, but also at We Are Wrestling. And I can really count within the past year, um, I believe Yaya has only lost twice in the in the last two years. But those haven't one was singles against um Barton. Yep, that for that and, first and, match, yep. Right, and and the trios tag at um, Welcome to New York. So, Yaya has been on a tear the past year, and um, I'm I'm definitely looking to see what he does. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I, I believe Yaya is in your is Yaya uh, contested in your tournament. Uh well, it'll 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 depend. There will be a match, mm-hmm. the final match. We are finalizing mm-hmm. the contracts, finalizing mm-hmm. the language, finalizing the stipulations, but there will be a mm-hmm. final match. To decide mm-hmm. it all between Chris Barton and Yaya at mm-hmm. Welcome to the Bronx. But we already know, and both sides have already agreed, the mm-hmm. winner of that match, of that final match between these two, will be entered into the We Are Wrestling Grand Championship tournament. So, you know, can Yaya defeat Chris Barton one last time? Or will Barton emerge victorious again? We don't even know what the match is going to be like yet. Right. We are working on some ideas. All I can all I can know is that one of those two men will be making it into the We Are Wrestling title tournament. We only have their eight spots in the tournament. Mm-hmm. We have five guarantees. Right. Five guaranteed contestant uh, entrants already in. The other three, the final three, will be decided at Welcome to the Bronx. Listen, it's going to be. Welcome to the Bronx is going to be a banger. I cannot wait to be there. We cannot wait to sponsor and, and support our brother Pete. Um, but, again, that's a wrap for us here at the Your Sports Show, episode 113. For the Queen, Queen Tay. For BK Matt. For the voice of a generation, Pete Rosado. It is your boy, Big Baby, signing off. Peace.